0: It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN Father and Son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete
1: story. Oh man, Rich, is another week gone by already? Oh man, the time is I mean, passing so fast. <laughs> they just fly by. Well, they fly by because I'm getting older, but they fly by because events are happening so fast and they're all important, I have never seen a time in my entire life when the issues, not the politicians, you know, we've always had that, and we've always had two sides, but the issues now are so stark and so clear and so plain, and the hatred of this president, Donald Trump, is beyond measure, and it isn't him, it isn't his style, it isn't his tweeting, it isn't that at all. We've had a lot of people who did things differently in the past. I'll tell you, it's what he supports and the promises he made and the promises he kept, and the Supreme Court right now is going back to the Constitution, if this uh, nominee can be confirmed, back to the Constitution so that they know what the Supreme Court's responsibilities are, and then you have the executive branch, that's the president, and then you have the legislative branch. All of that is what he wants to get back in order, and the swamp creatures don't want that. So today we're just going to just uh, discover that a little bit. Now our audience, uh, the Bob Radio Network, you know, we preach the gospel, we we preach the Bible, we study God's Word, and that's our roadmap. So we can always come back. And I want you to hear. This particular song that will remind us What it is that we are always close to Here it is I asked the Lord
0: to comfort me When things weren't going my way He said to me I will comfort you And lift your cares away I asked the Lord to walk with me When darkness was all that I knew He said to me, never be afraid For I will see you through I didn't ask for riches He gave me wealth untold The moon, the stars, the sun, the sky God gave me eyes to behold I thank the Lord for everything I count my blessings each day He came to me when I needed him I only had to pray And he'll come to you if you ask him
1: That's our friend Carol Robertson, isn't it? Right, from Ripley, Mississippi, halfway between Memphis and Tupelo. Living on his grandfather's farm, I believe, there in that little town of Ripley, Mississippi. I tell you what, Rich, we have not heard from Dr. Lawrence White for a long time. You know, as I said opening the program today, the issues of life are so important uh, because If you don't have a high regard for human life, if you don't believe in the sanctity of life, and you believe that you can do with another person's life as you choose, it's your choice, whether it's your own child or somebody else's, well, then you are not thinking. Now, the unborn child is a child. Do we have to go back to the science, the medical facts, and go into the Bible and see what God says about that. My word do I have to say once again that Christ himself was sent to us as an unborn child. Do you think God just accidentally did it that way? Of course not. From conception, that little human being is not someone's body. They do need care, they need nourishment, they need someone that loves them and will look out for them. But believe me, they are what they are. And uh, and uh, then the next thing is a lot of people say, well now wait a minute, you guys are so excited about abortion question. But what do you do for the child after it's born? Do you look out for it? Do you care about it? And you see folks, that's what school choice is about. Because I agree. That little child needs to have somebody to teach them and guide them and instruct them so they get an education where they can dream and they can have skills and they can get a job and they can move on through life like everybody else is supposed to. And school choice is what will give that. The person who is the parent, the grandparent, the guardian, whatever it is, they have the right to say, this child, I want to be in that school because they seem to be doing a much better job. So that is the life of the child. And then the care of the child. And hopefully in those schools, why people will take it seriously to be a parent and to be married and to enjoy having a family and all that goes with it. That's not a matter of color. That's not a matter of race. That's a matter of human existence, folks. And the next thing is the freedom. Well, freedom, once you have a skill, once you have a dream, once you have something that you want to become, and the freedom to do so for all Americans of every color and race. And that's what Donald Trump, of course, stands for. Uh, That's what it is, folks, and you got to get it straight. Uh, So that's why this particular program now, we're going to go back and listen to Dr. Lawrence White talking about taking his son's, to Germany to examine what happened in Germany when the sanctity of life did not seem important if it was the other person. And he wanted his boys to see that when people go to sleep and when the pastors don't take it seriously and the adults don't really uh, energize themselves, this is what happens. So Lawrence White, we've used this before on The Complete Story. I want to use it again right now because right now people have to make up their mind is the fake news and the media and um, the swamp creatures, um, are they going to influence you or is right? We have a constitution and we have a Bible. Let's take it seriously. Here's what Lawrence White said.
2: I've been traveling across the Length and breadth of this great land over the last few years, talking primarily to pastors' groups, seeking to awaken and arouse God's spokesmen among us to be what God has called them to be, to preach His Word without apology, without hesitation, without reluctance. And so I was very pleased to have the opportunity to take my two sons, Adam, who's 23, and Aaron, who's 20 with me on a trip to Germany. As a Lutheran Christian, that's where my historic and theological roots are. And I wanted the boys to see where they came from and to get some context, I guess you could call it, a setting in which to evaluate and assess what's happening in our country and in their lives. And so we flew out of Houston on Christmas day. We landed in Berlin and one afternoon we rented a van and we drove out into the countryside about 35 kilometers or so northeast of Berlin to a little farming community called Oranienberg. Not much there, a couple of taverns, a couple of gas stations, a few houses. That's about it. Nobody would ever have heard of that little town were it not for the fact that Heinrich Himmler chose Oranienberg as the site of one of his prototype concentration camps. A horrible place called Sachsenhausen that means the home of the Saxons I took the boys there that day because I wanted them to see what had happened to this great Christian nation this homeland of the Reformation almost overnight and the boys grew quiet as we walked across the vast expanse where the barracks once stood that held hundreds of thousands of prisoners during the 12 years of the Hitler Reich we saw the bales of human hair and the piles of children's shoes We went to the medical laboratories where gruesome experiments were conducted on living human beings without anesthetic because they were not viewed as human because of their race or their language. And finally we walked to the back where far in the corner the crematorium once stood. The oven where they burned the bodies of the dead. And out in front of it was a grotesque wrought iron statue of two emaciated inmates hauling the dead body of one of their cohorts toward the gaping doors of the oven. The building itself had actually collapsed. They'd buried so many people underneath it that the foundations had been undermined. But the metal supports that once held those ovens were still there. And as we came up there, three days after Christmas, in front of the doorway to that crematorium, there was a withered Christmas wreath with a white ribbon on it. And the slogan on that ribbon said, from the Christians of Germany, we kneel before God in bitter regret and humble repentance, and we ask his forgiveness for the Jews and all the others who died in this place. And as we turn to walk away, out across the compound once again, my 20-year-old Aaron put his arm around me in the condescending way that sons have with their fathers, And he looked at me and he said, Dad, you need to keep giving those speeches that you've been giving. And I felt good. Because for the first time, my boys understood within the depths of their hearts what's happening in America today. But there in Sachsenhausen, for the very first time, they saw for themselves how much is at stake in our America and how desperately important these issues are and how much we stand to lose if we do not awaken and rouse ourselves quickly. That the people of God in Christ cannot disengage from the culture in which they live. We cannot withdraw to the comfortable security of our beautiful sanctuaries and sit in our padded pews while the world all around us goes to hell for to do so is a betrayal of the Lord whose name we bear and it is a denial of the power and the efficacy of his word the word that he has given us to proclaim in Germany as here in the United States one of the most clever tools in the enemy's arsenal used to silence and intimidate Christians to drive them out of the public square was the lie of the separation of church and state there was a meeting held in the German capital city of Berlin in 1934. Hitler had been chancellor for just over a year at that point. He was taking the nation through a process which in German was called Gleichschaltung. That means coordination. Everything was being realigned in terms of National Socialist philosophy and that included the churches. And protests had begun to rise from the people of God about this interference in the church and its life and so hitler called together the most important preachers in the land and he gathered them there at the reich's chancellery to reassure them and to intimidate them if he could to silence their criticism so that he could go on with his plans for the country And Hitler moved through the crowd that day, patting the preachers on the back, making them feel important, smiling and reassuring. He told them their state subsidies would continue, their tax exemptions were secure, that the church had nothing to fear from a Nazi government. And finally, one brash young preacher who was there, Martin Niemöller was his name, had had enough. Today we'd call him politically incorrect. He was going to tell the truth, even if that truth was not popular. And he pushed his way to the front of the room until he stood eye to eye with the German dictator. And he said, Herr Hitler, our concern is not for the church. Jesus Christ will take care of his church. Our concern is for the soul of our nation. It was immediately evident that the brash young preacher spoke only for himself. As a chagrined silence fell over that room and his colleagues hustled him away from the front. Hitler, with a natural politician's instinct, saw that reaction and he understood exactly what it meant. And he smiled as he said to himself almost reflectively, the soul of Germany, you can leave that to me. And they did. They kept their religion and their politics strictly separate from one another. And as the innocent were slaughtered and the nation was led down the path to destruction, they looked the other way and they minded their own business, and their country was destroyed. I would submit to you today that we in America find ourselves in a frighteningly similar predicament. Once again, the innocent are being slaughtered in a 26-year holocaust that makes Hitler look like a humanitarian by comparison. Once again, the nation is being led down the path to destruction And once again, by and large, God's people are looking the other way. I don't have to tell anyone in this room tonight how far down that path to destruction we've already traveled. You see the evidence in families that are fractured, and marriages that are broken, in young people that lose their way and often their lives in a maze of alcohol and drugs in a culture that can no longer distinguish between lust and love that is willing to tolerate the vilest perversion as alternate acceptable lifestyle while pestilence stalks the land in public schools that have become facilitators for fornication and procurers for the abortionist knife in a nation that has lost the moral will to distinguish between that which is right and that which is wrong we know all too well How far down that road to destruction we have already gone and that's because in large part every time a Christian particularly a Christian pastor raises his voice on a matter of public policy the immediate hue and cry from the media from the political and educational elite and establishment is wait a minute we have the separation of church and state in this country you Christians you keep your morality to yourselves As history repeats itself, they smile reassuringly as they tell us, the soul of America, you can leave that to us. And we have. Brothers and sisters, the time has come and is long since past when we stopped listening to and being immobilized by these lies from the father of lies. This is the genius of America the recognition that a country like ours a country where the people rule must be a country where morality prevails but that's not the kind of country that we have seen developing all around us every day that's not the kind of country we read about when we pick up the newspapers every morning America has forgotten who she is And if she does not remember soon, it will be too late. In the 1830s, a French nobleman named Alexis de Tocqueville came from Europe to this new land to see what it was that gave America its vitality and its strength. And he toured across this country. He saw all that there was to see. And when it was done, he summed it up. In these impassioned words, he said, I sought the key to the greatness and the genius of America in her harbors, in her fertile fields, in her boundless forests, in her rich mines, in her vast world commerce, in her public school system and institutions of learning. I sought for it in her democratic congress and in her matchless constitution, but it was not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness that I understood the secret of her genius. And her power. America is great, de Tocqueville said, because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, then she will also cease to be great. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is an offense to any people. There is that indissoluble connection between greatness and goodness upon which this country was built. We have severed that connection over the last few decades. We have sown the wind of immorality and we are reaping the whirlwind of destruction and death. And we, God's people in Christ, have been placed here by the Lord for such a time as this. America will not turn from the path of destruction until the Christians of this land stop blending in and going along. We have become a chameleon church. We can blend in anywhere. We can go along with anything no matter how perverse it may be. Just so long as no one figures out that we are sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ. For then we might have to endure the scorn and the ridicule of the world. We must stop compromising and yielding We must be sure that it is the Lord Jesus for whom we stand. But of this one thing, we can be absolutely certain. The Lord God Almighty hates the murder of innocent unborn children. We can win the next election or the next 10 elections. We can balance the budget, we can reduce the deficit, we can bring down taxes and build the mightiest military machine on the face of the earth, but if we do not stop abortion then God will destroy and God should destroy America. Abortion is an unholy altar that we have raised up to pagan gods of our own lust and greed and the blood of more than 35 million innocent unborn children cries out to God for justice from the ground of America. And the day is coming soon when God will heed that cry. And when he does, woe to us. On that great day of reckoning, it will not be enough to say, Lord, we were in church every Sunday. We built great churches in your name. We raised millions of dollars in your name on that great day of reckoning to those who stood silent while the killing went on the Lord will say depart from me for I do not know you but in the amazing grace the incredible mercy and long suffering of our wonderful God that day has not yet come America may have turned her back on God but God for some reason has not yet turned his back on America so let us work while it is still day before the night comes when no man can work Let us rouse the Christians of this city and of this land to be what God has called and enabled them to be, the stinging salt that stops the decay of death, the shining light that dispels the darkness of doubt and despair, the gleaming city set high upon a hill that stands as a beacon light of life and hope to this nation and to every nation. Let us learn from the mistakes of the past. Let us stand... Upon the word of God, let us save this country that we claim to love as we become involved in the process, in this crucial moment that God has given us. God is placing before us a challenge before it is too late, and I pray that we will find within the depths of our hearts and souls the courage and the faith to rise to that challenge and make the most of that opportunity. It is within our power because God has placed it there. It is within our grasp to change this America before it is too late, to snatch our country back from the brink of destruction. All the signs of the deadly decay all around us are unmistakably clear. Our nation's leaders wallow in decadence and deceit while the polls tell us that people don't care and apathy and indifference prevails. We must care as the people of God in Christ. We must be the salt and the light and the shining city. As Christians gathered here today, let us resolve not to repeat the mistakes of the past. Let us resolve not to allow evil men to triumph simply because good men have done nothing. Let us stand together as the people of God, bold in the confidence of the spirit, and declare before our nation, the soul of America, You can leave that to us. Thank you.
1: You see, Rich, um, it was just a few days ago that I saw the debate between Kamala Harris and uh, Vice President Mike Pence. And uh, she was asked, she didn't want to answer the question, but she was pushed to answer the question, would you limit abortion even? Would you even put any limit on abortion? And she refused to do that. No, Now, I don't care how often um, uh, Joe Biden says, I'm a good Catholic, and I practice Catholic and Catholicism. That doesn't matter. Bill Clinton sang in the choir in a Baptist church in Little Rock. Let's not forget that. We're not talking about church membership. We're talking about what's in your heart and what you really stand for inside. They are the most pro-abortion ticket ever. There and, is and no And the doubt. Trump-Pence ticket is the most pro-life ticket And you ever. know, this whole idea of school choice, I want every child, I want every child. I'm an old man. I'm not going to be around long, but I want every little child oh. to have a good education, have a good chance in life, and be able to choose a school that just won't sit, uh, but really help that child learn and grasp the joy of knowledge and learning and moving onward and upward. And then so there can be equality, equality uh, for all Americans. Anyway, uh, what do we have by way of some listener comments? Oh, my goodness, Dad. Well, he have a, a man uh, that is blessed by BRN. Let's hear his I'm story. I'm so
0: blessed to have the BOT Radio Network in my life, and it has saved my life. When my
1: wife passed away, I listen to you every day, and I want to thank everybody that is there with the BOT Radio Network, and thank you very much. All right, God bless you. you. know we're out of time. We are. All right. Let me give the listener comment line, Please. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-345-2621. All right, there you have it, folks. This is Dick BOT with another chapter of The Complete Story with my son, Rich, the two of us together, and I'll see you later.